Hi, I'm Joshua Craze. I'm a researcher and writer currently in the Embassy of Foreign Artists in Geneva, where I'm writing a novel in the UNHCR archive. And with Jérôme Tobiana, I just published an article a week ago in Foreign Policy, which looks at the situation of asylum since the beginning of COVID and the history more broadly of the institution of asylum. And I'm here with Jérôme Tobiana. Hi, Jérôme. Hi, so I'm also a researcher and I've been working on, on conflicts in particular in the Horn of Africa and, and the Sahara regions for, for many years. And uh, I've been working on uh, on refugees and on migration for, for many years as well, uh, including in, in, in Libya, where I worked as an advisor for Doctors Without Borders. And I think we also both, both of us also uh, helped a lot of asylum seekers to to get asylum, whether in Europe or the, on, or the United States. Absolutely. I mean, I've been, I was just doing a case yesterday, Jerome, for someone who will be deported from America, who has, is so mentally ill that she has no memory of the country to which she'll be deported, South Sudan. And so it's, it's almost impossible to do the case. It's a sort of limit case in which, which like the only thing she knows about her home is the brute facts that she'll be deported. And this is one of a number of cases that I'm doing at the moment, which face the situation in the world that we wrote about in our article, which is that since the beginning of the of, of COVID-19, there's been a total lockdown. 90 countries have stopped processing asylum cases. All the other countries that do process asylum cases are way lower in terms of the numbers that they're taking in than they were before the pandemic. And I think what we try to show in the article is that this isn't somehow a crisis brought about by COVID, this is actually something that has much longer roots. And in a sense, the risk is if we continue with asylum policy and refugee policy in the way that we do it now, that the, that gate to asylum, to this sort of cornerstone of the liberal international system, will close forever. Because what we're seeing right now is an intensification of a process that really began in the 1970s as an as an, and has intensified in the last 20 years. And I think fundamental to that process really is the question of externalization. And I know, Jerome, you've been writing a lot about this in relation to Libya and the Mediterranean. What's been happening to Europe's borders over the last 20 years? Yeah, they were pushed south. And um, I think what's interesting in, in the COVID uh, recent experience is it's actually a kind of a state of emergency um, uh, measures that are appearing everywhere and they are being used as excuses in order to actually uh, aggravate uh, longer-term policies or old policies of uh, b uh, of blocking migrants or making their travels more complicated, more difficult and even more painful in order to decrease the, the number of arrivals in, in the north, whether in, in Europe or North America. Uh, before that, the war on terror offer, uh, offers offered similar excuses, and uh, including uh, confusing in the mind of uh, voters the figure of the migrant or the refugee with that of of the terrorist, and now today confusing it with that of uh, of uh, someone carrying uh, the threat of a, a disease with 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 him. Uh, externalization in in the case of Europe was. Uh, uh, co-opting uh, uh, governments and, and forces and military forces, including militia forces, uh, in in the uh, in the south of, in particular, in the south of the Mediterranean Sea, uh, including quite 
very south, south of the Sahara in states like Sudan, Niger, and, and Chad, uh, as well as, as Libya, just south of the Mediterranean. The case of Libya is quite an extreme one because there's been no state, no government in Libya, or no proper government in Libya since the fall of uh, Muammar Gaddafi in 2011. And uh, since then, uh, regardless of that fact, uh, Europe has been at the same time trying to to, to create a government from 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 uh, very little uh, with very little basis for it. But as soon as an internationally recognized government were, uh, set foot in Tripoli, even without waiting for that, uh, Europe was engaging with players, including politicians, but also military players, militias, in order to to block the migrants. The consequences of, this, of those policies are, are not only humanitarian, of course, they are pretty bad in, in humanitarian terms because they actually uh, led to a lot of suffering, but also to, to death of many migrants, whether at sea or on the ground in, in the Sahara, in Libya. But also another consequence is that they create actually instability and they don't encourage state building. On the contrary, those uh, militia players who are making money from thanks to uh, Europe because they pretend to fight uh, migrant flows have no interest to see a proper state wherever they are. Jerome, I'm, I'm sorry to, to, to jump in, but we only have 20 seconds left. So oh, I just thought... We should maybe it, cut them. No, we can't. That's part of the, 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 this process. You cut, there's no cutting. We just have to go. So um, I'd just like to say... Thank you for exploring this moment of, um, of Europe's externalization of its frontiers. We recommend that you all read the Foreign Policy article and thank you all very much. Thank you.